Warner Solicitors provide advice on a range of legal matters to individuals, families and businesses. The leading legal directories regularly recognise Warners as offering some of the best legal advice in the region. This series of podcasts will give you an insight into some of the legal issues that may affect you and your family. Hello, I'm Paul Harvey and a very warm welcome to this special Warners Law podcast on no-fault divorce. Now, I'm with Matthew Aves, a solicitor with Warners Law. Matthew, welcome. Could you please tell us more about your role with Warners? Thanks, Paul. My role at Warners is that I'm a solicitor and I'm partner and uh, head of the family law team. I've been working here for about 34 years now. Right, Matthew, let's get straight into this subject of no-fault divorce. Now, I've heard a lot of people saying that divorce law is about to change. Is that true? And what is happening? Yes, divorce law is about to change. The current legislation that we've got dates back to 1973, and the changes which are due to come into force at the beginning of the next tax year are fairly dramatic. And the fundamental change is that divorce itself uh, is going to become no fault. How is it different to the current process? And why does divorce law need to reform? Uh, The current process is, to a significant extent, fault-based. There was previously one ground for divorce, which was that the marriage had broken down irretrievably, and then the person who was bringing the divorce proceedings had to demonstrate that it had broken down for one or more of five specified facts. And the facts that we had previously were desertion, which nobody ever did, five years separation without consent, two years separation with consent, adultery and behaviour, which was often referred to as unreasonable behaviour. So once you've been separated for five years, you could do it irrespective of whether or not your spouse wanted you to get divorced. Once you've been separated for two years, you could do it by consent. But the only immediate facts that you could petition on were adultery and behaviour. And if you didn't have adultery, then by a process of elimination, you came down to behaviour and ended up doing a behaviour petition, even if that wasn't what you particularly wanted to do. We saw a lot of individuals whose marriage had broken down for a multitude of reasons, and they might not necessarily wanted to point the finger at the other party, but they got forced into the situation of issuing a behaviour petition because they wanted to achieve something else which they could only achieve within divorce proceedings. So if you wanted to achieve a forced financial disclosure, if you wanted to force a financial settlement, or indeed if you wanted to make a settlement binding that the two of you had agreed, then you had to have divorce proceedings. And if you didn't have any other fact that you could rely on, then you had to issue a behaviour petition. And the general feeling within the profession was that issuing behaviour petitions and issuing fault-based petitions, and that general sort of aerial approach could transcend into other aspects of the relationship breakdown so in respect of the financial process and in respect of the arrangements that were being made for children so there's been a long campaign on the part of the uh, profession for a fault free or no fault approach which is what we now have starting next week matthew will there be any changes to divorce terminology There will be some changes. A divorce petition, which is a fairly archaic term, now becomes a divorce application. What was the decree nisi, which was the sort of, are you sure that you want to go on element of the process, now becomes a conditional order. And 
what was the decree absolute now becomes a final order of divorce. Will there be any changes to the amount of time it takes to get divorced? Well, that's an interesting one, because uh, how long it takes you to get divorced has been a fairly fluid situation, because 10 years ago you could probably get divorced in about five months from start to finish. The finances might take a bit longer, and arrangements of the children might take a bit longer, but the actual dissolution of marriage, the getting you unmarried, took about five months. And then the government um, rationalised the whole system and made it significantly worse by delegating all the divorce issues to regional centres. And there was a stage, probably two, three years ago, where it was taking people between 10 months and a year to get divorced. <laughs> then they introduced a digital system. And we've actually had people recently who have been issuing the divorce process in January who were already divorced now in April. So it did actually get refined and get very fast. The new process will require a minimum period of 20 weeks between the issue of the divorce application and the conditional order, and then a further six weeks before you can apply for your final order of divorce. So the minimum period is going to be 26 weeks. So looking at it in the whole, we're probably back where we were about five years ago. Now, if one party doesn't want to get divorced, Matthew, will they be able to contest it? The basic answer to that question is no. There are some very technical and esoteric mechanisms by virtue of which you could contest a divorce. For instance, if you said that your marriage wasn't valid in the first place, but in 99.9% .9 of cases, there will be no ability to resist the divorce. That itself is a, a subject of a little controversy because the legislation that led us to where we are now went through Parliament fairly quickly and it went through at a time when perhaps parliament and public were distracted by other issues such as brexit and subsequently the pandemic and there is a feeling that some of the stakeholders who would normally have been involved in that decision making process perhaps weren't best represented uh, and certainly for individuals who have strong religious convictions uh, which they feel prevent them from getting divorced this is going to be uh, a difficult concept to get their head round because we're now in a situation where one party can present an application for divorce and the other party can't do anything about it they don't have to produce any substantiation for why they want to get divorced or the reasoning behind it they just present their application and theoretically 26 weeks down the line they get their divorce now, what about this important issue about dealing with finances? What is the current process, and will this be affected by the changes? So far as we're aware, the current process for dealing with the financial aspects of a divorce, which is known as a financial remedy process, will not be affected. The old, if you want to call it, regime will simply run in tandem with the new divorce legislation in the same way that it worked with the old divorce process. It's fair to say that there is a degree of, of suck it and see about this whole new regime, not least because in some respects the rules are perhaps ambiguous. In other respects, the rules haven't been drafted. But as far as we know, everything will stay the same. And certainly the other alternative dispute resolution models that there are for resolving the financial aspects of marriage breakdown will still be there in terms of mediation, collaborative law, 
arbitration, private FDRs and the like. What about if you're in the process of getting divorced? Should you wait now for no-fault divorce to start? You don't have a great deal of choice now because we're so close to the new legislation coming into force that uh, unless you're able to get a divorce petition issued in the next week or so, you're stuck with the new mechanism. We have, for the last few months, been advising clients that they should perhaps issue under the old process, but that's really from the perspective of it being better than the devil you know, and we know that that process does work and that the court structure is there to support it. And one principal concern now is that we need to have a proper family judicial system to make this work. Are there actually any drawbacks with no-fault divorce? As far as we know, the only drawbacks really are those that I've mentioned earlier in relation to this compulsion to get divorced. And if you work from the premise that the reason for the new legislation was to try and reduce angst within divorce proceedings, it has to be hoped that we haven't removed one angst in terms of a fault-based system with another angst of people being placed in a situation where they're being forced to get divorced when they don't necessarily want to do so. But that's perhaps a, a topic for another day. Other than that, the only problems that we foresee will be in relation to the extent of the support that's provided by the court system for the new process because any sort of process at the moment is difficult enough through the family court and there are some concerns within the profession that there has perhaps not been enough investment into the new system to make it work properly certainly in its early days. Final question Matthew, the big question, when will these changes happen? The changes will start the start of the next tax year, the 6th of April. We're expecting that we may have quite a few telephone calls and new meetings being set up with clients who have been waiting for this legislation to come through because it has been relatively well publicised. So we may have a bit of a peak in instructions shortly after the introduction of the new process. Matthew, if anyone wants to get in touch with you directly to discuss no-fault divorce or any other family-related issue... What is the best way of making contact with you? Probably the best way to make contact initially is uh, via the website and an email using the link on the website. Matthew, it's been a great pleasure talking to you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Warner Solicitors podcast. To find out more about our expert legal teams and the advice and services they deliver for both individuals and businesses, please go to Warner's hyphen solicitors.co.uk